Welcome back to CHGO Bears After Dark, presented by DraftKings. Make sure you use the code CHGO when you sign up. I'm your host, Greg Braggs Jr., and alongside me is our guy. For the first time this season, now that we've gotten a few games in the books, we get to hear from our guy, Corey Wooten, um, and we're excited to hear from you because... We need all of Bears Nation needs you to talk us off the ledge because uh, <laughs> it's getting dangerous out on the mean streets of Twitter, my friend. Yeah, it's, it's been a rough two weeks, especially with the opening game against the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is not at home anymore. And then all of a sudden we think this is our year to, to get this rivalry down. Justin Fields to establish himself as a better quarterback than Jordan Love. And we just didn't see that. They, they, they got their ass whooped, you know. Quote, unquote, like it's yep. simple as that. And in this past game, the same thing happened, right? We just didn't see consistency. Everything we saw in the offseason, preseason, we just didn't see any of that in these first two games. Um, Justin Fields, the first half of the, the Packers game, he looked pretty confident. Second half, not so much. And in this game overall, with the exception of two drives, he didn't look very confident at all. The fir that first scoring drive with DJ Moore, than that last scoring drive to Chase Claypool. Those are the two drives that he looked comfortable. And I think it comes down to play calling. So we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later, but I think play calling is a, is a big reason for these offensive struggles. Yeah, that's definitely where I want to start with you. <clears throat> Obviously week one was a, just a complete embarrassment for the fan base. I'm sure the players didn't wear it that well either, but you know, I understand that Jaquan Brisker wasn't happy saying, you know, the fans got to have our back a little more. And Eberflus kind of echoed those sentiments today a little bit, not really in the way tone that Jaquan Brisker said it, but saying like, hey, stick with us. And, you know, you're a player. So you've been on the other side of this where and, and I've been standing in that tunnel right where you guys come out. I used to harass you guys as you come out. And I've I've heard encouragement and I've heard some pretty tough things said your guys's way as you come out there the one thing i would say to that as a fan and i want to know where you come from on this you know we we show up to these games you know there's there's a there's a baseball team in the city where they have trouble getting the fans to show up you know and, and i i do feel strongly like and i hear even flu saying it again today like hey just stick with us we are we're going to every game we might boo at times but we have this team's back for you guys on that side of the field when the fans are turning on you because i fear in week four if this team is zero and three the boo birds are going to be loud in the pregame warm-ups how demoralizing is that for a team before they even have kickoff and the fans are against you it definitely is demoralizing but at the same time you know as a player and as a team you have to put out a better product you know honestly what the bears have put together these first two weeks has been a poor product. So um, my, my thought point was always like, hey, if, if we're not playing up to our capability, um, hey, I, I understand the boo birds are gonna come. Like we get paid the way we do for a reason, right? You have to produce. And that's like in anything, not only the NFL, but but in, in regular life, you have a job, you have to produce. Um, and if you don't, you're out of here. Um, so the thing is like, I, I understand the fans frustration as a player, it's tough but they have to do better, right? Like they know in their heart of hearts that they're not playing where they need to be uh, at all levels, right? From quarterback to, to running backs to the offensive line, defensive line, linebacking core, secondary. They're just not playing up to their capability. And the coaches are not coaching the way they need to. So across the board, it has to be better. It's tough when you go 0-2 and, 
And then, like you were saying, if you go 0-3, all of a sudden, panic mode, the season is over at this point, um, then things get really real at that point. So as a player, you just have to balance it out. You have to do everything you can just to improve and get one week better. I thought we'd see a, a better improvement defensively with the blown coverages, especially from week one to week two. And we just didn't see any improvement in that area, which is very surprising for me, you know. Alla Williams wasn't calling the plays. Eberflus had the show. I thought this was going to be a different team as a whole. And we just didn't see that. Too many blown coverages, especially when the secondary and the linebacking core were supposed to be, you know, the bright spots of that defense. Yep. Well, you know, you mentioned that with Eberflus calling plays. And, and one thing before we start to get into, you know, everybody wants to talk about Justin Fields and, and Luke Getze, but – to touch on that a little further with Matt Eberflus, I mean, the one thing that has stuck out to me here these last two games is how after some pretty ugly losses where a team doesn't look prepared, nowhere close to the expectations that fans had and even the team had going into the year, and he's trying to find the silver lining. And I can understand that from a you know human nature standpoint, but at the same time, I do cover – Purdue basketball and Matt Painter to me is is one of the best basketball coaches in the country for college and he doesn't sugarcoat anything and these are college kids and you would think especially in this day and age with transfer portal that you'd have to be careful about hurting kids feelings because they're going to run off but you know what it, it goes the opposite way from what I've seen and and it, you know it is how they recruit the right type of players that can handle it but they respect him more because he's honest and he doesn't sugarcoat it for you guys as professionals when a head coach is trying to play the politicking game and 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 trying to dress it up for the media after a tough loss who is he saying that for is i mean is he saying it to protect the players like you or yeah. do the players look at that like hey you're just trying to protect yourself yeah i i think uh most players think he's trying to protect them at that point um but co coaches know you know really behind closed doors. They'll chew you out, tell you you got to be better and all that. Um, so I just I just think the leadership in that team really needs to step up, right? Whoever that is, right? Uh, the, the talented linebackers, the, you know, the veteran uh, safeties, um, they have to step up, right? Because at this point, they need to get better. Um, and it's across the board offensively, whoever the leaders are as an offense, like Justin Fields, has to step up and be a leader to this team, right? Things haven't gone exactly the way he wanted to. Bears Nation, Bears fans, the, the organization thought it would go this year, all right? The great part about that is, is there's more games to play, right? And you can always get better at that point. So the season is not done now. It, it's, it's hard after you start on two, don't get me wrong. But the season is not a wash at this point. So there's a lot still to prove and they can get better. So as bad as they've played, you can only go up from here in my opinion yeah. right? they've played as bad a football in two games as you can play and even in the last game against Tampa they were in that game you know be before that that pick six uh, yeah, backed right. up on her so they were in that game the whole time so yeah the, the thing is like I'm excited to see this week right how they adjust across the board especially with play calling right that's that's what I want to see because Luke Getzey People are blaming Justin Fields, right? And, and don't get me wrong, he's holding the ball too long. You know, his decision-making uh, hasn't been the best. But he's not putting him in a position to succeed, right? We saw 
early on last season, right? Justin Fields kind of looks similar to how he's looking now, right? Then as the season went on, what did we see from Luke Getze? Better play calling. And I think the thing is, we have to realize, I think I thought, you thought, all of Bears Nation, that Justin Fields, <clears throat> excuse me, can be a pocket passer. And I just think right now, he's not that, right? And that's okay, right? You look at Lamar Jackson, right? He's in the pocket. He does struggle a little bit. Justin Fields, you need to get him on the move. We look at the end of the season last year when he was really on the radar. What was he doing? He was using his feet. They got him on the run, the boots, the sprint outs, the nakeds. Allow him to make that, that run pass option. And I think that's how he gets his confidence up. And then we saw in certain games where he could drop back and then be confident. So Justin Fields, he's try, I think he, in his head he's trying to prove that, hey, I'm this drop back passer. I don't have to use my feet. But use your strength, right? That's what makes you such a hard guy to defend, right? That's that's a defensive and a linebacker's nightmare, right? He's a guy like Justin Fields. That that really is a nightmare matchup that you have to spy, that you have to always account for. So Luke Getze has to do a better job of, of, of game planning for his strengths. And I think if they can do that, the offense will be better. It'll take pressure off the offensive line. It'll take pressure off Justin Fields allow this offense to really flourish like we thought it would well and and that's absolutely you know where i wanted to go with you on this because in a lot of ways i agree and and i think the thing that i'm hesitant in going the full monty and putting everything on luke Getzey is i I fell into this trap before when it was matt Nagy and mitch trubisky and everybody was blaming the quarterback and everybody had their pitch forks out for Mitch. And I, I held this belief that while Mitch wasn't perfect, that Matt Nagy didn't have an understanding of how to call a balanced offense and didn't know how to put plays together, stack plays together, set up a defense by showing one look and then using that look and running something else off that same formation. Never did anything like that. Everything was just so obvious to the defense. And we saw a little bit of this here on Sunday where the Bucks defense straight up said it. We knew what was coming after the second straight screen on the final drive. So it all feels very reminiscent of the Matt Nagy era. At the same time, when you're looking at Justin Fields and some of this tape that's getting broke down, and, and you don't even need it at times when it just on the on the on the telecast when they point out the instant replay and, and there's guys wide open waving their hands, it makes me concerned that while Luke Getze is certainly doing Justin Fields no favors, it feels like Justin Fields is now broken, that he's regressed so much that it's all in his head. And that concerns me in a big way because at the end of the day, we can talk about what Getze did wrong or the Bears did wrong or how much more talented Justin Fields is than Mitch, and I believe he is. But if the results are the same, then what's the difference? Exactly. Well, I, I think I think Justin Fields is definitely in his head right now, 100%, right? And I think you look at the Green Bay game, right? First half, I mean, we could both agree, right? He looked pretty efficient, right? When he threw the ball, he looked confident. He looked comfortable. Um, there was a rhythm. There was a cadence to his throws in that first half. And then I think after that second half, when he really had to force the ball down the field, he tried to make too much happen. And that's that's been his biggest problem from his career in the NFL is that he tries to do too much at times. And, and my thing is like this, if you're Luke Getze and you're trying to get the best out of your, out of your quarterback, why only have 16 rush attempts, you know, in a game, right? Especially I think Justin Fields had three or four of those 
Um, so why only have 16 rush attempts right. when you have three talented running backs? Does that make any sense at all? Especially this was a tight game, even towards the end of it, third quarter, fourth quarter. This is still a tight game, uh, one, two-score game when you can still run the football. So I think teams around the league, they get in panic mode, Rags. They, they get to a point where they're like, oh, uh, you know, I need to start passing the ball at this point. No, no, no. Establish the run, make it second and manageable, make it third and easier, and then all of a sudden you start stacking some first downs, then you get some rhythm. And you look at the best drives that they had, there was a rhythm to the offense. So I think yep. Luke Getzey is trying to complicate things too much. Get ahead of the downs, right? Play smash mouth football. And you look at the teams that do really well, um, you know, especially especially a team like like Baltimore and whatnot. They try to get the running game going, and right. then all of a sudden it sets everything up. So no, I, know, I even, agree. I agree. Even with Philly, you're... even Philly, right? Yep. Jalen Hurts, right? He he very rarely puts up unreal numbers of 400 yards passing. All this, right? He's efficient. He makes great decisions. He uses his feet when he needs to, and they rely on that running game. So why why can't the Bears do the same? That, that's what I'm wondering. If I'm uh, and, and I think it's a completely fair point. It's something I was beating the table before the game, during the game, and then after the game, I had a bit of a meltdown. I don't know if you saw it moving yeah, around I on it. Twitter. <laughs> I, I, I kind of lost my mind there for a second. Because to your point, I mean, we can talk about the rushing numbers. Khalil Herbert with seven carries. Roshan Johnson with four. Justin Fields, as you mentioned, only four. But one of those was, you know, a, a sneak. Right. So there was really only three, you know, or on the season, he has four designed runs, but one yeah. of them was a sneak. So only three on the season, four yeah. carries for Justin Fields and then one for Valus Jones, which was a terrible jet sweep call to the short side of the field. Yeah. Not very good blocking done on that play either. Uh, but to me, the biggest crime of that whole thing was Roshan Johnson. You get in the I formation, Kari Blasen game opens up the hole you know, like the, like parting the red sea and Roshan Johnson breaks off for 30, almost like looked like he's about to take it to the house. And you know how many more times, and that was in the first half, you know, how many times they went to him the rest of the game, only one one time, one more carry for Roshan Johnson, the rest of the game. That to me is criminal. And you talk about teams, not just Baltimore or Philly, look at green Bay week one, a team that has an offensive line that has an understanding of what they're doing, a play caller that has an understanding of what he wants to do. They run the ball, take the pressure off their quarterback, and now he's able to, you know, get the most out of him because there isn't as much pressure on him to do everything. There's a four minute video clip that someone put up of every drop back of Justin Fields on Sunday against the Bucks. Yeah. Only two of them are under center. The rest are all out of shotgun. And you can break down the tape and say he's missing this guy, that guy, this guy, that guy, but he's throwing into zones that he clearly isn't seeing comfortably. So to your point, if you can get into the I formation, play smash mouth football, bring defenders into the box. Now you're in the I formation. You play off a play action, roll him out, get him on the move. And now he's, that's his comfort zone, whether we like it or not. He's just not the pocket passer we all want him to be yet, or maybe mm-hmm. will ever be. We don't know. But at this moment right now, if you want to win games, you got to get back to the run. You got to exactly. get back. They, this is a team that set the franchise record for rushing yards last year with Justin Fields and the running game, and they're not using either. I mean, exactly. I think at one point when it was kind of the lowest point of the Matt Nagy era was 
the game uh, against the Saints and he comes into the podium and says, I didn't come here to run the I formation when they set a franchise record low eight rushing attempts in an entire game. Yeah. We all understand that the next generation of the NFL is to throw, you know, be Josh Allen and, 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 and Patrick Mahomes and do things, but you can't force something that a quarterback isn't ready for, or just isn't going to be. Exactly. And that's going to be my question to you because to me, I think we're on the same page of what can fix this now. Yeah. But do you think that Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus are at a point where they're like, okay, we understand that we could play football this way and, and be better, but we want to see if Justin Fields can be this. And we don't care that me and you think that we need to play old school football and get in the I formation. Yeah. These plays out of shotgun work. We can show you on tape the players mm -hmm. that are open. And if Justin Fields can't execute it, we're going to find a new quarterback next year. Is that what they're trying to do? Because to me, not, then they're not yeah. trying to win games. I, I just I just think Lou Getzey had the same problem early last year, right? Coaches getting too, to their heads. They try to get too cute with things. And my thing is like this, right? There are some quarterbacks that can play in any system. You give them any offense to run. You know, i.e. Aaron Rodgers, right? He can he can do it all, right? He's 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 those he's those one one in thirty two type of quarterbacks, right? Like you know Patrick Mahomes, uh, Allen. You know, there's those guys that can run any system. Uh, Justin Fields is not that guy yet, right? He could be one day, but right now, what he does well, they, they are not game planning for that, right? And as a coach, you're doing him a disservice, right? You look at all the years where Bill Belichick, right? Tom Brady got hurt and he hurt his ACL, right? And then Matt Castle comes in. Lights it up, right? Uh, Jimmy G comes in, lights it up. Jacoby Brissett does well. You have to game plan for quarterback strength, and Lou Getzey is not doing that. So look at Anthony Richardson, right, from the Colts, right? You look at his first two weeks. He's looked pretty good, right? He has, four, I believe, 14 carries through two weeks. The first game, he had uh, 10 carries for 40 yards. You know what that does? That softens up the defense. All of a sudden, all those linebackers are staying. Now they're trying to spy. So it gives a different element, and the Bears aren't doing that. Justin Fields, right now, they're saying, oh, he's dropping back right now. We don't have to worry about this, that, and the other. He's not scrambling like he was last year. Justin Fields, I think, right now is trying to prove to everyone that I can be a pocket passer. And, hey, the thing is, right now, that's not what he does well. What he does well is when he's on the move. So he needs to get back to that. Like, Jalen Hurts, you we made an argument, right? He's, he's MVP-type type of player last year, right? right? Was anything that he did super flashy? Was what no. he did Joe Burrow? Was what he did um, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? No. But what were they saying? He's one of the best players in the league right now. Why? Because he plays to his strengths, right? He's efficient. He leads this offense well. And at the end of the day, the stats do not matter. The stats don't matter. It's about wins or losses. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree, and it's going to be tough to find a way to win this week, although it would be so Bears, um, you know, when the whole world is doubting that they have any shot to come out and, and surprise us, although I'm, I certainly doubt I'll be picking that. Uh, Hogue was the only one on Meatball Island last week uh, trying to pick, hey, what's happening? You say hi? <laughs> My daughter came you? in. <laughs> you, oh, you doing beautiful. okay? How old? Can you say, go, can you say bear down? Say bear down. Oh, Are you nervous? She's shy. She's yeah. shy. She's not like her pops. Huh? Show. Do you want to watch your tablet? <laughs> okay. Oh. Go ahead. All right. 
<laughs> not nothing better than being a nothing better than being a dad, Corey. It's exactly it's, it's a great feeling, my friend. Uh, yep. be- beautiful family you got over there. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. It's like, you know, it's it's kind of a put up or shut up moment. I mean, do you do you think that it can be fixed with Getsy in Fields, or do you if it doesn't get fixed? I guess this is a double barreled question. Yep. Can it get fixed? But then also if in the hypothetical world it doesn't get fixed who's on the chopping block first who's going to be the one because with mitch and Nagy, first it was mitch that found the pine for nick Foles, and then oh lo and behold it wasn't just mitch that was the problem it was also Nagy that was the problem and he had to give up the playbook to bill laser and then mitch ended up coming back to be the starting quarterback by the end of the year yeah. and somehow they weaseled their way into the playoffs saving Nagy's. uh you know, tenure as the head coach for a year. So that's my question is if it doesn't work out, who's getting the ax first? Is it going to be Getsy that gets the play call taken from him? They bring in Andrew. They have Andrew Janako call plays just to see, to just try to get to the, to the root of the problem. Yep. It, because if Getsy just refuses to have any consistency running the football, getting to the power, playing to your quarterback strengths, and it just continues to look this way? Or will they? Will Luke Getze get in Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles here and go, I'm not the problem. Look at the tape. Let's put Justin Fields on the bench and let me show you one of these other quarterbacks that will execute the offense the way I want it to be done. Who's getting the ax first here if that comes yeah. down to I, it? I think it's Getze, if, if anybody, right? Because as a coordinator, you're, you're supposed to highlight your player strengths, right? And play to their strengths. And right now he's not doing that, right? Justin Fields has to clean up a lot, right? But the, for the most part, like you look at how the offensive line has been playing, they haven't been playing bad. Like in that in that Tampa game, there was really only one one play that should have been a sack. All the other, other ones were, were covered sacks. Um, you know, and the one that Wright gave up, Cole Komet kind of cut in front of him, which I, I don't understand. He kind of kind of set a screen on him in a way when he was releasing for the route. So um gets he has to has to do a better job. So I think he he will go first. And then obviously if this staff if this staff doesn't win this year, if they're if they're not showing promise offensively or defensively, they're gonna be gone at this point. So this is this these are huge these next couple games for the trajectory of the rest of the season. So Luke Getze has to do a better job and highlight Justin Fields strengths. Like why not get him on the run? And the crazy part is he scripts the first series of every every game, even since last year, right? For success, they score or yep. kick a field goal every first first drive, yep. and then all of a sudden, after the scripted plays, it all goes to hell. So he needs to do a better job of seeing what the defense is giving him, working with, with Justin Fields, and establish the running game. Why not establish the running game? You know, you got a defense that's been struggling a little bit. Why not? play time possession, work the play action with that. It's a win-win all day. And what doesn't make sense to me, and you're totally right, the Bears, I think, led the league in in scoring drives on their first possession last year. They scored on their first drive here on Sunday against the Bucks. And a lot of fans will say, well, that you know, the scripted plays, that's why it's easy. And then when they have to go off of the script, that's when it all falls apart for both the play caller and the quarterback. But to me, the, the thing that doesn't line up with that you know, pushback is that on the first play of that drive, Justin Fields checked out of a run and decided what the defense was showing him and found DJ Moore for a big, big yardage. Yep. 
So why can't that, like, if he's able to, you know, assess what's in front of him in that moment pre-snap, then why after the scripted plays does he not, like, do that as consistently? Yeah, I, I, I think it's just kind of a, a, a feel thing, you know, and I think they just need to get on the same page as far as that goes. Like, seeing exactly what the defense gives you, and then there's usually a pattern, right? Every defense has a pattern of how they run their plays, and then you start to get a rhythm. You're like, okay, when the, when that linebacker's creeping up, right, he's he's going to go here, and then, and then when this linebacker comes, he's going to pop back. So the thing is they just need to get in a better rhythm of what's going on, and Fields did a great job with that play, right? Like he, he like yep. you said, he checked it, and, and it was one of the best plays of the game. So I think Justin Fields just needs to get out of his head. He's in his head too much. There are wide open receivers, um, you know, so on those plays, he has to capitalize on it. But I think he's just trying so hard to prove, I'm this pocket quarterback, I can do this. But that's not what makes you great, right? Yep. You know, you, you can make your argument all day that, like, Jalen Hurts is just as valuable as Patrick Mahomes, right? You know, Patrick Mahomes, like, I think he's a different level because of what he could bring to the table. But for his team, he's just as valuable, right, for their success. If somebody else is in, in the Eagles as a quarterback, I, I do not think they are the same team offensively. So Justin Fields can be that for the Bears. He's proved that last year. And now all of a sudden we have better weapons. We have better running backs at this point, And – we don't see any different results than last year. It's almost worse than the last couple of weeks of the season that we saw him really improve. One final question, and then we'll move on to some of our next topics uh, off the quarterback and, and play caller combination. But the other thing that's kind of really been highlighted here in the last week is the slow drop back in shotgun. Most of their snaps are in shotgun. He's there, you know, JT O'Sullivan with the QB school or Robert Schmitz with uh, the Bears blog did a nice video tutorial of showing his slow. It, it's just a slow one, two, three, four drop back. And he was showing some clips from earlier in his career where his footwork was much faster and precise. Yep. And when I keep bringing up, get him under center, people are like, well, his drop back is slow that now he's even closer to the line of scrimmage. Yep. Is there something to be said for your drop back process in shotgun as opposed to under center that could help him get yeah. into a faster process? Yep. Yeah, I, th I, th I think. Yeah, I agree. He's too slow out of out of the out of uh, the gun because usually it's like a one two and then go. Like he, he's yeah, it's it's way too slow. The release is slow. Um, it's just. There is no rhythm, and that's that's why he's not able to be successful down the field. Like you look at that that first game against Green Bay in that first half, he had rhythm, he had tempo. Um, it just seemed so different. Like that first half of Green Bay, that's exactly what we wanted to see. And I think just the second half destroyed his confidence. Like I think his confidence is is super low right now. You know, I, I think he's not confident in his ability, and it shows. Like the way he played that first half. I was like, he is ready. He's ready to take the next step. And then when the, when everything got lopsided uh, because of the lack of coverage defensively, I think then he tried to make too much happen at that point. Uh, Corey Wooten's here joining us here on CHGO Bears After Dark. Please hit that like button while you're hanging out with us. Uh, you know, Will, Will DeWitt will be with us on some Mondays as his schedule dictates. But tonight you got the meatball. And uh, the man of the hour, Corey Wooten, and we appreciate you joining us. And we also appreciate our guy, appreciate our guys at DraftKings. Make sure you use the code CHGO at sign up, 
and it's another week of football. We got Monday Night Football on right now. Uh, Panthers are losing six to three. Bears fans got their eyes hard on Carolina because we own their first round pick this year. And with DraftKings Sportsbook keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day, new customers can bet five dollars and get two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football is more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with code CHGO. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code CHGO. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensed partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, 21 or over, age varies by jurisdiction. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and terms. All right, so we're moving off the quarterback and play caller conundrum. Hopefully they can figure that out here against uh, the Super Bowl champs here on Sunday. They got nothing to lose, right, Corey? (laughs) I and mean, that's the one thing they do got going for them in that yeah, game. Lose. Like they, they can lose, but you know, to me, you know, they're kind of playing with house money in this game because no one expects them to win. So maybe that'll help them kind of play a little looser. I don't know. Maybe I'm just reaching for things because I'm desperate right now, Corey. And I don't know if I can handle another meltdown like I did on Sunday. So let's move to the rookies. Uh, Cause I think there's some encouraging signs there. You know, you were so big on Darnell Wright, the, you know, leading up to the draft, the night of the draft, Bears trade back, one pick, end up taking Darnell Wright. And through two games, Adam Hogue is very encouraged by what he's seeing. Other, you know, analysts are encouraged by what they're seeing. From your standpoint, if you've had a chance to key in on Darnell, and I'm sure you have, what are you seeing from him? Yeah, you know, I, I've, I've definitely uh, been impressed by him, right? The the one sack uh, in, in the Bucks game, I, that wasn't his fault. Cole Komet kind of cut him off at that point. So he, had a, he had a weird angle, uh, kick setting. You know, when, when you're a tackle and you're kick setting and the tight end goes right in front of you in your, in your path of view to release, all of a sudden that messes you up. And he kind of, Cole Komet set a screen on Darnell Wright and then the end was able to come home. But I really like what I see from him. His footwork is there, physicality. Um, he's held up pretty well in two weeks so far against some some pretty good rushers. So I've been I've been very impressed. Like I think he's only going to improve. And think about this, right? Like it's it's a different beast when you're out there on Sundays uh, going against guys that that are straight killers, right? He's had to go against you know Rashawn Gary, uh, Preston Smith. Um, uh, Barrett, you know, some of these guys that are really dynamic rushers. I thought he's, he's done pretty well. So it's uh, the thing is, as, as a tackle, you just have to realize that these ends, especially on the road, they are jumping the snap. So you have to be that much quicker. Even, even when they're at home, guys start getting in a rhythm and a cadence. Like 
even when I played, you know, you're 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 hearing the same count all over. You know, Monday is on one, Tuesday's on two, you know, things like that. So you hear stuff, you pick up stuff. So those ends, they're really trying to get a jump on the ball. So you really have to be that much quicker when he's getting off the ball. So that's my main thing for him that I see at times. He's just got to be more consistent with that get off, especially on the kick sets, because those guys are really trying to jump the snap. Yeah, and especially when you consider the fact that the guy to the left of him, the right guard, you know, week one is Nate Davis. Obviously, he has a death in the family, you know, and, and prayers up to him in that regard. But then Jatiri Carter fills in at right guard. So now as a rookie, you have two different guys next to you. Yep. And I'm sure you know how important, how vital that communication and that cohesion and chemistry is and the fact that he was able to improve from week one to week two, which you would expect from a top 10 pick. But at the same time, with so many moving parts around you, that's a credit to him. You know, so hold your feet to the fire. You know, we're going to continue to play revisionist history when it comes to the decision to draft Darnell, right? But I'll ask you it anyway. If you were drafting right now, you taking Jalen Carter or are you sticking with Darnell Wright? No, I'm sticking with Darnell Wright. I've, I've been very impressed with him so far. I think he's only going to improve. So offensive line is one of the hardest positions out there. That that and uh, cornerback, right? I, I really do believe that. Like you're on an island. Uh, you're having to go against the best pass rushers. And it used to just be the best pass rushers are always on the, the defensive right side, the left tackle side. That's not always the case nowadays. There's very talented, like T.J. Watt plays the left side. You know, Cameron Wake, you know, years ago played the left side. So there's a lot of very talented guys playing the left side of the defense, the, you know, the right tackles position. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I would pick him over again. You know, I think, I think he's going to be a pro bowler. I, I really do believe that. I think he has all the tools. He's physical. He's athletic. Um, I've definitely been impressed that he's only going to improve. Yeah. Uh, another guy that, I think is has been impressive even if he's not getting as many opportunities as I would prefer is running back Roshan Johnson to me I I got all the respect for Khalil Herbert when he first came on it seems like every time the Bears the one thing they have done right in my lifetime is running backs and it seems like wherever they draft them whether it's you know Matt Forte or David Montgomery a train anthony thomas good pull there yeah. uh rookie of the year thomas davis yeah Tom, yeah yeah exactly you, you they always seem to understand what they need out of running back exactly. and roshan johnson comes in it's the same thing as what i felt when i saw khalil herbert the first time I'm like okay this guy's got it ladies and gentlemen he's going to be getting snaps faster than you think same thing's happening with roshan and now i'm to the point where i'm pissed off that they're not getting off the bus running with Roshan Johnson, as Lovey Smith used to say. To me, Roshan Johnson is a tone-setting type of player. And when he ran that Packer over week one, I mean, that was the o- literally yeah. the only bright spot <laughs> of that game. To not take that moment and say, this is who we are going to start week two with. All due respect to Khalil Herbert. But at the end of the day, tone setters are tone setters. When you see what you're seeing from Roshan Johnson, at, at what point does he take over the running back one spot? You know, and I understand, you know, you're going to use your different guys at times, but you already saw Deontay Foreman inactive. So he's yeah. making that much of an impression that they trust him enough yeah. to, to make a veteran like that inactive. So what have you seen from Roshan Johnson here so far? Well, I love his, his physicality, how he hits a hole. Um, 
it's been it's been really impressive to see. Like the the yards after contact is really impressive. So I think him and Khalil Herbert really supplement each other. The true thunder and lightning, Ron Dane, Tiki Barber. I really like that, you know, because the thing is what they need to start doing is on those third and shorts. They need to use Roshan Johnson because he's going to get that first down, right? Or in a fourth and short or something like that because the, those sneaks sometimes don't always work. I'm telling so you, dude. That I, first I, drive against the Packers yeah. to not use Roshan Johnson on that first drive of the game exactly. is criminal. It's criminal. Exactly. And I, I think I think they, they really truly – weren't utilizing him at first. And then, then once he once he truck stick that guy, they're like, okay, we're giving him the rock. And the thing is, people don't realize that if Roshan Johnson was at any other school in the country in college, he would have been an All-American, 100%, right? He was behind arguably the best running back prospect to come out since Saquon, probably. Saquon Barkley. So Roshan is super talented. Um, he really didn't get a full opportunity at Texas. Um, so I think, I think w- what we're seeing is a guy that we got a great value in the fourth round, a guy that if he, if he played like he should have in college, he would, he would have been a, probably a, a second round pick Cause you know, you know, the way they they're, they're picking running backs nowadays yep. and, and probably could have crept into the first. I mean, so to, he, to me, the running backs, the way they're treating them with the market just getting driven down. I, every running back should strike as far as I'm concerned. I mean, they, they're one of the hardest collision impact positions in the league. They're always in the trenches, taking some of the hardest hits that last well after their career. You know, it it ain't like being a DB out in the backfield, you you know, one, every 10, 20 plays, you might have the same kind of a collision a running back's going to have on almost every play. Exactly. And I feel bad for them. I mean, the average salary for a kicker right now is higher than the average salary for a running back. And I understand there's less running backs than kickers, but just at the end of the day, the optics of it are not good. But at the end of the day, this is what the NFL is taking advantage of by driving down the market, finding running backs, fourth round, undrafted. You know, you saw that with James Robinson. But I, I love what I'm seeing from Roshan Johnson. I absolutely love what I'm seeing from this guy. And I just hope they continue to use him more to try to set the tone early. And that's going to get the offense to kind of take a take, – if you, if, you if you got your first drive set with this scripted plays, great. Do whatever you're doing in the first drives. We ain't going to mess with that. But then after that – Get in, get in some power formations with Justin Fields and Roshan Johnson and start really playing the war of attrition. I see somebody in the chat saying, you know, running in a, in a throwing league. You know, I understand where you're coming from, but if you don't have Patrick Mahomes, you don't have Patrick Mahomes. And even Josh Allen is a throwing quarterback and he's having his struggles and they have to try to rely on their defense and run game at times when Josh Allen's turning the ball over. So if you don't have Patrick Mahomes, you, you got to find ways to win. The San Francisco, you want to say it's a, uh, the guy in the chat wants to say it's a passing league. The San Francisco 49ers are in the NFC championship every year. Why? Because they predicate power run the football and any quarterback that comes into their system seems to flourish. Why? Because it's a system conducive to a quarterback developing comfortably and the bears just don't have that right now. So I, you know, I understand we all want the Mahomes, you know, type offense, but you gotta, you know, it's not a square peg round hole. You gotta take what you have on your team and get the most out of those strengths. 
Moving on, I want to package these two together. And, and re- real quick, yeah, go real ahead. quick before you get into that. So the 49ers, when I played back in 2012, right, we played them at Candlestick, their old stadium, right? That was Colin Kaepernick's first game, right? When I tell you they ran the ball down our throats, and that was the hardest team to defend because they had they had beset offensive line. They had a they had a good um, they had a good tight end in Vernon Davis. And what they did was set up the run with the play action. And it was like the hardest thing because you knew they were running the ball and you just couldn't stop it at that point, right? Yep. And at first, you know, we stopped them a couple times, but they they wore us down. And it's like that war of attrition, right? And that's how the Bears have – if it doesn't work at first, keep trying, right? The running game is a consistent effort throughout the game. And then all of a sudden, in that third and fourth quarter, that's how you wear down teams, right? And then yep. all of a sudden, the play action works off that. So – if I'm Luke Getze, I'm thinking like this. Okay, I got two really good running backs, right? Two young, great running backs of Roshan Johnson and Khalil Herbert. Change of pace guys, right? One that can catch it out of the backfield. One one that's through the tackles. One that can split it outside. Why not utilize both of them, right? It's going to yep. make the offensive line job easier. It's going to make Justin Fields' job easier. And what it's going to do is soften up the defense, right? Yep. All these missed assignments usually are why, because the running game is going, then all of a sudden the play action – what, what are the safety and quarterback? Their eyes are inside, and then all of a sudden, over the top. That's the same thing why we've been struggling, right? Teams have run, been running the ball against us. Green Bay, right? Aaron Jones had his way with us, right? And all of a sudden, what was that after? The play action after that, right? Wide open receivers. So it does soften up the, the, the defense, and it just seems like a no-brainer with the strengths of the team, why you wouldn't rely on a run game. And yep. in this in this last game, 16 Rushing attempt. Justin Fields had four of those, right? So why are you not running with Roshan? Why are you not running with Kill Herbert? And why are you not running some plays with Justin Fields? I'm not talking about running every play, but why not? Why not a little zone read with him? Why not get him on the run and give him the option to scramble if he needs to? That's how you soften up defenses. And Luke Getzey is trying to do too much drop back, right? At this point in time, Justin Fields needs to get the running game going and then work everything off it. And I think he will be a lot better doing that yeah i agree and uh, pz in the chat says plus o linemen love to run block and and to that point i once you know had a interview with charles leno and and he alluded to that point when matt Nagy was refusing to run the ball he literally said on the on my show at one point run the damn ball and he was still on the bears at that time so he was directly calling out matt Nagy while i'm talking to him and he and i asked him what why like what would an offensive line prefer and they all i think he says to a man they want to run block because when you're pass blocking you you don't know where it's coming you've got stunts you've got different blitzes disguised looks and there's a lot more of a guessing game there so when you have a new offensive line combination that's constantly rotating out because tevin jenkins is hurt nate davidson has personal issues and and different things of that nature rookies on the offensive line It, that's only another thing. It's not just going to help your quarterback. It's going to help yeah. your offensive line get comfortable yeah. and not ask them to consistently have to do drop back, you know, you know, yeah. pass protection. Exactly. And as a defensive lineman, right, when teams are, are consistently running the football, right, it's so it's so hard to differentiate run and pass, right? If you're in gun, you know all day, right? The running back is behind the quarterback. You know by the offensive line stance, you know it's a run, right? or you know it's a pass at that point. So when you're in an I formation, right, and you don't know most of the time whether they're run or pass, right, because they sell it a lot of times, act like they're run blocking, then try to grab you around your shoulder pads. And what does that do? 
that buys Justin Fields and those receivers another second. It buys the offensive line some time because that's the hardest transition, right? From a, a big, strong offensive lineman, 320 pounds, that's got, got a grab of you. You got to shock him and, and get off him. You know, so it, it doesn't move as quickly as a straight drop back. So that should be their best friend right now yep. is, is working that run and the play action off it. Yeah, and when you talk about the war of attrition, go anybody. I encourage anybody to go watch that Atlanta Green Bay game here on Sunday. Green Bay was kicking their ass, but Bijan Robinson and that run game, they just stayed with it. And Bijan Robinson, obviously a dynamic talent, one of his highlights where he just juked three guys out of their shoes. I was like, whoo, this dude is another is another level. Uh, so I understand we don't have Bijan Robinson necessarily, but at the same time, the point stands that they stuck with it. The war of attrition won out and they ended up beating the Green Bay Packers. Uh, moving on to, you know, the defensive line. This is your bread and butter. And I'm certainly curious to hear your thoughts with Jervon Dexter and Zach Pickens, you know, rookies on the on the defensive line. It, I don't know if the stat, you know, they're not showing up on the stat sheet maybe as much as, as Bears fans want. Or is there anything you've seen so far that you're encouraged by? I know a lot of people have looked at, you know, uh, Jervon's pad level not being where it needs to be. Yeah. Zach ne hasn't necessarily flashed like he has in yeah. the preseason so far. Is there anything that's standing out from those two guys so far? Yeah, P Pickens really haven't seen much from him out there. Hasn't flashed like he did in the preseason. Uh, last game, Dexter was definitely more active, right? I think pad level is, is a feature that he always has to work on, right? Being such a tall guy, I had that same issue. A lot of taller defensive linemen have that same issue. So pad level and then getting off the football, right? He played in that Florida scheme, the read and react. So he has to get used to that. But I think when he buys into getting off the football, I mean, I, he's going to be an absolute force because I feel like he's – He's out there. It seems like at times he doesn't really know exactly what he's doing, but he's so big and so strong that he can still make plays out there. So it's like, it, it's, it definitely is a project, but it is, it is definitely promising the fact that he can make plays and still play high and still not get off the ball like some of these other dominant guys. So it's once he trusts it and is able to get off the football, I'm telling you, he will, he'll be an absolute beast if he can do that. Okay. Uh, you know, you know, I think with any D tackles as a rookie, you know, it takes time. And at the end of the day, we all want this team to start winning games, but to expect these rookies to be the reason we're winning games, I think is unfair. And that, that leaves me to my last rookie that I want to touch on quickly is, is Tyreek Stevenson. I, I like the way this guy battles and I don't expect him to win every, every time Mike Evans completely washing him out of a play and, and should have probably been an offensive pass interference, but I guess they let the veteran eat there. And, you know, in the week one, uh, you know, they went after Tyreek Stevenson on a one-on-one um, -on -one jump ball in the end zone. Tyreek loses. So they're challenging him for sure. Yeah. But at the same time, I like, just what I'm seeing overall from camp preseason. And now I I'm, I'm encouraged for the future of Tyreek Stevenson. Uh, I'm definitely encouraged, but I'm um, a little bit cautious about being too excited because sometimes there has been blown coverage eyes in the backfield in that green Bay game, even times against Tampa. I love the physicality of him, but he definitely gets beat too much. Um, and like I said, corner is one of the hardest positions in, in football. So he just has to rely on his technique, right? And I think he's not doing that, right? His eyes are just in the backfield too much. 
you have your guy, you'll be run support late, right? At that point, you never, sometimes you got to go up and make a play as a corner, right? Screens, things like that, right? But you you need coverage first, your, your, your run secondary, right? That's that's for the defensive linemen and the linebackers. So he just has to remember that, right? I love He love his physicality, but coverage first, eyes, eyes, that's it. With young guys, you see a lot of times their eyes are always in the backfield. Brisker had the same issues. Gordon had the same issues last year. It's it's a lot a lot of moving parts. You feel like you want to play the run as well, and then all of a sudden they they go past you. So play play the play the pass. Like rely on your keys. Yeah, um, and let's hope that he continues to progress. I I definitely understand that. I see some people in chat talking about how he got cooked on Sunday. I get it. Uh, but I also, my expectations are just different for, you know, a rookie cornerback. This is a tough league to be a cornerback, especially when you consider the pass rush or lack thereof that the bears are producing. I don't, I mean, do they, I don't think they have a sack this season from the defensive line. Yannick uh, has doesn't, one. Doesn't Yannick have one? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, not, not enough. I'll tell you that. Um, exactly. But I, what, what about, what about not keeping a guy like Terrell Lewis, who is arguably their best pass rusher because Yannick didn't play for yeah and and now. I and, and Gary's in our chat and I love Gary and he always you know kind of messes with me a little bit because Terrell Lewis didn't get picked up by anybody in the league after the Bears cut him and I think the Houston Texans brought him in for a look and I don't know I don't think they signed him but at the end of the day I don't care just because the rest of the league didn't do it I know I'm I'm always going to trust my eyes and if yeah. if they fail me and I was wrong I, I'll own up to it I'm not always going to be right, but I'm with you on that. To, you know, I'm going to reward guys that produced it training camp in the preseason. Andrew yep. Billings, to me, along with Terrell Lewis, were two of the standouts at camp yep. in preseason. They showed it at camp. Then when the preseason came along, it translated in the games. And uh, Gary's saying he is on the practice squad uh, with the Saints now. So, you know, a team did finally find him, but... The yeah. Bears had him right there, and the Bears aren't getting any kind of a pass rush. This is a guy that's been in the league, so I'm with you because, you know, I haven't heard Demarcus Walker's name called all that much, and that's disappointing because we definitely expected more bringing him from Tennessee. But Terrell Lewis was right there for you. At least, you know, give him an opportunity to make some plays. Rasheem Green, he did block that kick on Sunday, and I think he was the one that won the job over Terrell Lewis. Uh, and I think that the Bears value him more because of his ability to stop the run. Um, and that's fine. But I, I, I agree with you that Terrell Lewis is a bit of a missed opportunity as far as just seeing what you got in him. At least um, in a situational pass rush. Right. You know, at that point, like just have him come in on pass rush situations. Like there's there's a lot of people that, that could be successful at that. And everybody has their role on the team, right? Um, I think they could have found a spot for him uh, as far as that goes because – He's had talent all the way from his college days as a pure pass rusher, right? I think people have questioned his ability to stop the run. And even um, for the Rams, like, he kind of got lost in the shuffle. But he still was pretty productive when he was in there as a pass rusher. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then our ability to have fun, uh, if you become a diehard here at CHGO Sports, uh, is second to none, and I know Gary and, and Matthew Gregory and a lot of guys will attest to this in the chat. Uh, and if you become a diehard right now, you have an ability to get a lot of different perks from shirts like this and, and other great designs that we have in our store. You get a free shirt right out the gate, and uh, and and any di any future shirt purchase you get a discount on. You also get a discount on tailgates. Our tailgates were as good as it gets. 
here for week one. We're going to have another one coming up here on week four. Um, and you can go to CHG, allchgo.com and hit the events tab. And you can find out about all our future tailgates. Green Bay's off. Uh, we, we did a lot of fun, had a lot of fun there. But we had Denver uh, coming up October 1st, Minnesota, Las Vegas, and Carolina all on the books. And you can get those tickets right now. And if you become a diehard, you can hang out with this fun gang. Look at this, Corey. You're going to have to come out wow. eventually. Look at, the, look at the party we had. All you can drink, Goose Island. All you can eat firewater barbecue and you got to get your hands on some of that uh cory it was as good as it gets um so become a diehard get in the discord you get adam hoag's newsletter that is every day exclusive only to diehard so there's a lot of different perks not just for the bears but for every team that we cover here at chgo yep. sports so make sure you get on that quickly let's roll through a couple things and then we'll get on out of here and uh, get to watching and rooting against the Carolina Panthers here. Uh, but we did have a couple super chats that I wanted to get to. And that first one is a $5 super chat from Mario Navaretti. Worst part is Justin checking into the Roshan Johnson run. Getsy can't call plays. I think we need a play calling change. And, and we certainly alluded to that earlier. Uh, in the show, if you missed that, make sure you go watch the beginning of the show where uh, Corey expanded on some of those thoughts. Brawl Sack, $5 super chat. The only way to beat KC is to play some good old-fashioned huck-it-chuck-it football. Getsy, please don't break my boy, JF1. Uh, we're all hoping that isn't what happens. Ground and uh, pound game. Ground and pound Ground and pound. That, pound. Uh, yep. Time, you know, play keep away. You got to play keep away against Mahomes. You know, uh, that was another problem. The time of possession in the first half uh, had, I mean, credit to the defense for holding on for dear life and making that a game at the end because the time of possession was a big difference. I mean, it was, you know, Tampa Bay was dominating uh, the football in the first half. Ed Smith, $5 super chat. Do you think fields will beat Mitch on game winning drives with eight fields has two right now and 300 yard games or more. Mitch has eight fields zero you know i at the end of the day i mean they, they played on two different teams last year's team justin fields had a handful of opportunities to get some game-winning drives but was throwing to you know some lackluster talent all due respect to equinamia st brown and and dante pettis who i think have a role in this league but not as your number one or number two wide receivers and that's kind of what justin was working with at times uh not certainly not trying to excuse justin's play but when Mitch Trubisky had some of these numbers that you're alluding to, he was, you know, the 2018 team. When you talk about a team that predicated running the football, taking the pressure off the quarterback, they did that with Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen, and they tried to mask some of the things that Mitch Trubisky wasn't ready for that season. So, um, you know, I think just a totally different environment. And now that Justin Fields has that talent, the excuses are certainly starting to run dry uh, so we're just trying to make sense of it all now. So that wraps things up for all the super chats. Uh, we appreciate you coming on here tonight, Corey. Uh, yep. You know, we got more weeks to go to break it all down. Any final thoughts before we cut you, before we yeah. close this thing down? Yeah, I, I think this is a critical week, right? And I don't expect them to beat the Chiefs, right? I, I think they would need to have play their best football on both sides of the ball, right? Offensive, defensively, special teams. And the thing is, this week, Getze has to do a better job of getting the best out of the offense, right? Justin Fields, the running backs, the talented receiver, the offensive line. 
So this is on him this week, right? Justin Fields has to be better in all aspects, but it comes down to the play caller. He has to script for success, something that he learned how to do halfway through the season last year, right? And I thought he would pick up where he left off. Haven't seen that, right? But you have a quarterback that's confidence is not high. So get his confidence up. Get the running game going. Get him on the move. That when he's on the move, he starts to get confident, right? You look at all his good throws. He's even throwing perfect bombs off his back foot on, on Sunday against the Bucks, right? Off his back foot. So he is more confident on, on the run. So all of a sudden, you, you, yeah, antenna's got to go up. That's what we need to do going forward. And defensively, they have to dial up the blitz. And I know Patrick Mahomes might tear them up or whatnot, but you can't leave the secondary on an island out there with all day to pass the ball. So Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, yeah, they tore them up. Patrick Mahomes will absolutely light them up. Travis Kelsey will score five touchdowns in the game if they do not pressure him. So dial up the blitz. I'd rather them get beat deep on something like that, a broken play, than, than have Patrick Mahomes have all day to throw the ball. So at some point, things have to change, and it comes down to the coaching staff because if they don't change things, the trajectory of this season, they're, they're going to be gone. Yep, you got to dial up the blitz, um, and we're always going to dial you up to talk us off the ledge. Uh, this was a nice therapy session here on uh, Monday evening. I needed it. I'm trying to turn the corner and, and <laughs> let go of some of my anger and frustration. I think I scared Hogan Karm a little bit with my meltdown on Sunday. Justin Frost, real quick in the chat, says, I got to love hate for Woot. Hate him because he hurt Ricky Stanzi on our way to the BCS bid. Love hey. him because he's a bear. <laughs> You, you know, I never tried to hurt him by any means. You know, I was never never that type of player. I actually played with, with Ricky in uh, Detroit um, my last year playing, and it, I, I talked to him about it. I was like, hey, sorry about that, man. He's like, no hard feelings at all. So we hashed it out. Everything's good. And, uh, you know, Iowa and Northwestern was a rival, but nothing but, but love and respect for Iowa and, and all the guys that I played against for them. Yes, sir. And we got all the love and respect for you, Woot. And we appreciate you coming on here tonight. That wraps things up here for CHGO Bears After Dark. Please hit that like button on your way out. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Subscribe to the channel. And, uh, you know, stay tuned for a big week here at CHGO Bears. A lot of fun announcements tomorrow afternoon. TJ Jenkins, who breaks down the film just as good as anyone, is going to be joining us at noon with Adam Hogue, Mark Harmon, and myself. So make sure you tune in for that and more updates. And uh, for Corey Wooten, I'm Greg Braggs Jr. And always bear down.